What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in live to the Baseball Insiders on this beautiful Thursday. I am Adam Weiner, but alongside fanside, it's MLB Insider, Robert Murray, as always. And Robert, we couldn't come up with another team that might crash the postseason picture. We had our plans all lined up and oh wait a couple of the teams we thought were postseason locks are already in our segment on teams that need fixing and the tampa bay rays who we barely even mentioned are on the verge of being 13 and 0 uh why should anybody trust us to continue watching this podcast feed it's a hell of a question we could not have been more wrong and we could not have looked overlooked the tampa bay rays more than we did but alas here they are they're still undefeated they're beating uh what the red sox nine to three you said yeah, casual. So that was 3-1 in the fifth Red Sox lead. And I was kind of like, oh, you know what? You know, probably about to Jeffrey Springs. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Goes down and you're like, hey, it's not your day every day. Maybe you're just not going to win. Maybe you're not going to go 162-0. and um, And the Rays put up a seven-run fifth inning and now lead it 9-3. to So maybe it is your day every day. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But it's it's unbelievable to start that they're on right now. Like, they got to lose eventually, right? <laughs> Does the schedule tighten up? at all like I-, I thought the red sox would be good for a solitary victory i thought the red sox would win one of these four games um and they're not going to they, they will not be winning any of these four games so i was wrong yeah because i was convinced that they were going to lose at least one game in this series just because like i thought the law of averages would play out here but alas the rays were like we're not gonna let that happen on our watch and, and here we are now and 13 and 0 Adam uh, on the verge of 13 and 0. I don't want to jinx him by any means but um boy I, I feel like a village idiot for forgetting to uh mention them in the like as a prime AL contender because I mean that's kind of looking like a uh a not very good take by us to say the least no it, it feels like my UConn March Madness take I was on the Rays having the best rotation in the AL East all winter long and I was like, you know what? <laughs> on paper, probably the best rotation, one of the best in the American League. And then when it came time to actually predict playoff seeds, I'm like, yeah, either the Yankees or Jays. Give me the Rays in third. Nope, don't give me the Rays in third quite yet. They're uh, Again, they're 13-0, and, and all their offense does is hit. They are uh, – I'll give you just one more. We don't need to do Rays corner every episode. But uh, the New York Yankees are tied for second 
in the American League in home runs entering this game, by the way. So this isn't even updated. The Rays have hit more home runs today. But the Yankees and O's were tied for second with 18 home runs in the American League. Pretty good. 18 through uh, 12 games. That's a nice little ratio right there. The Rays, 30. 30 homers. They're in the number one spot uh, by 12. And again, this is game 13 of the year. So, uh, yeah, and Brandon, Brandon Lau has hit 29 of those home runs. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. that guy is on a streak like no other right now. Him and Max Muncy are just carrying baseball with their homers, especially. Okay, this is something that we're, we're going off script already, Adam. I, I hope you don't mind that. Oh, I don't but, mind, baby. So, um, I was I've been watching the Dodgers Giants series pretty like extensively. Uh, I've been watching it quite a bit, and it seems like every time Max Muncy comes to the plate, like you're just convinced he's gonna hit a home run. Um, and I mean, more often than not, you're right. And um, along with that series, I don't know if you get as much pleasure as I do in watching a long at bat, but that Freddie Freeman at bat last night against mm-hmm. Taylor Rogers pretty sick i was like after each foul ball i just laughing my ass off it resulted in a walk and the, or taylor rogers got taken out and mookie betts walked over to first base to go by freeman and just laughed as you know what off it was uh good baseball i enjoyed it uh, my dad did not uh, my dad's a giants fan so sorry about that dad but um I, I i personally enjoyed it rogers i believe came in yesterday walked four in a row and then was removed from the game and threw his glove in a trash can, which I guess is where it belonged after all that. Yeah, I mean, at least he threw a strike. So, <laughs> yeah, no, he, meant, he was actually aiming for a mailbox and he hit a trash can. Um, also worth noting, uh, if any Dodgers fan wants to get granular about the lineup this early in the season, Max Muncie, first game of this series, two homers, seven RBI. Max Muncie, third game of this series, two homers, four RBI. Max Muncy, second game of the series, and the only Dodgers loss didn't start. Dave Roberts, what you doing, man? I mean, you got to play the hot guy. I mean, like he's been their best hitter this series, and I mean, I don't know what the the case was in that game. Maybe it was a, a left hander going for the Giants, but um, yeah, that's kind of an it's kind of an oversight, you think, right? Yeah, it was a couple innings of Alex Cobb, which or no, sorry, Alex Wood which, like, he's a lefty, but if there's any lefty that Max Muncy's familiar with, it's old teammate Alex Wood. Scott Alexander came in, another familiar face, and Dave Roberts just sitting on his hands. Um, If you're a freak like us and you love long at-bat talk and Max Muncy versus Giants specifics, I recommend you subscribe to the show. Uh, We're here Mondays and Thursdays, 3.30 Eastern time. We're here every Monday, every Thursday, maybe a couple more times if we got to as the trade deadline approaches, as baseball news breaks. You might see us here a little more often, but we'd love if you'd hit subscribe, if you'd hit a like on the video. If you're an audio person, we're also on all podcast platforms. You can subscribe, rate, and review us there too, but we do ask five stars only. You're going to want to pay special attention to Robert's Twitter feed. Hopefully we get a bomb in the next couple of days. Uh, we we love to get bombs, and, and it feels like maybe something might be cooking. Uh, spoiler alert, spoiler free, uh, but just keep posted. Keep your eyes open. Yeah, I, w- I would highly recommend staying tuned. Um, I'll leave you with that. That's it. Just to, just to stay tuned for the fine folks. Um, but meanwhile, we've got plenty to talk about that's not bomb related. That's not trade related. So get the family to the, uh, you know, get the family to the operating room. Let's go console them about what may have gone wrong. Maybe the kids are there. They're a little restless. Got the family dog. Give Murphy a pet. We got to diagnose what's wrong with baseball's problem 
teams. There are a couple teams that are having issues early in the season that I don't think were uh, foreseen, especially not by us. We picked all three of these teams to earn playoff berths, and all three seem not just it's not like they're treading water right now they're all sort of leaking water uh the, the boat is is overflowing and none of these teams are are above board at this moment in time or above 500 uh not peaking and definitely getting run out the gym by other teams in the division i want to start with the seattle mariners because very similar roster to last year overflowing rotation we called it to the point where i was thinking Maybe the Yankees want to poach Chris Flexen. Uh, no, not really. Flexen's found his way back to the rotation and helped the M's blow a 7-0 lead to the Cubs Tuesday, which was their darkest moment. Uh, Jared Kelnick is breaking out as we speak. He hit a 482-foot homer to dead central at Wrigley on Wednesday, and yet still this team is well below expectations. You add Teoscar Hernandez, and you're like, all right, well, the lineup's better now. Somehow they're four and eight with a minus two run differential. They're going to uh, Seattle to play Colorado. Maybe that beefs up the record a little bit, but something is wrong with the Mariners so far. There is, there is something wrong with them. And it's like, you look at their numbers uh, in terms of their hitters. I mean, it's not all like that bad. I mean, Jared Kalanick finally looks like the breakouts finally arrived, which it's been a long time coming and props to the Mariners for staying patient with him. Because uh, I feel like there's other teams that would probably cut ties a little bit early. Um, also, looking at you, uh, Oakland A's, uh, they've, they've done that. Although, the Kristen uh, Posh, or how do you pronounce his last name? People so say Pache. I like saying Pache just because it sort of rhymes with Cache and it flows a little better. We'll go with that. But I mean, <laughs> they were criticized for cutting off uh, or cutting terms or cut, oh boy, um, cutting ties with Pache. Um, and they feel like they would have, I mean, but anyways, Kalanick has been very good. You look at um, Ty France; he's hitting 357 right now. Um, I mean, he's looking good. It's not; it's not been all bad for them. But like, look at Teoscar Hernandez. There you go. Obviously, a burner asks, and you shall receive. Um, Teoscar Hernandez was their big addition in the off season, and right now he's hitting 216. Only hit three home runs so far. Um, AJ Pollock is only hitting 200. Um, you look at the rotation, it's, I mean, it's not all bad. Like Luis Castillo looks every bit the ace that like, I mean, they, they, they ended up envisioning when they acquired him last year. Um, but Chris Flexen has been the, the real weak spot there. He's got an ERA over eight. It's been a very rough start to the season. They're a team where I am very confident in the talent that they have. I think that they will ultimately bounce back at some point. But here's the thing is they're only two and a half games back so far of the uh, of the Astros and the Angels, which Angels, good job so far. I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due, but they cannot let this slide continue because um, then they could risk falling too far out and give themselves too big of a hole to climb um, later on in the season. Mariners fans are getting a lot of laughs right now out of DH Tommy Lastella. That's sort of like the emblematic, like what happened to the offense type thing. But I think Teoscar Hernandez and him bouncing back matters a lot more. But you can't say enough about Kelnick. The narrative is starting to go national. I'm with you. I don't think this team has anything to worry about, um, especially because there is too much talent here for this to be a team playing at this clip all year. I retweeted a great story yesterday 
about the Kelnick breakout that basically sold him as one of the unluckiest hitters in baseball over the two preceding years. Broke it down stat by stat, like all types of quality of contact. Or he pulls, he does everything a hitter is supposed to do, and he still comes up short in all these metrics. And finally, they're starting to match. We saw the raw talent. Um, there has never been a roller coaster like the who won the Edwin Diaz, Jared Kelnick trade discourse. It's insane. Last year, Edwin Diaz was the best closer in the modern era of baseball, and Kelnick was borderline out of the league. Now Diaz is on crutches, and Kelnick is looking like a breakout in the Mariners outfield. This thing zigs and zags more than, uh, I don't know, what do you call those mazes that rats run in with cheese? A rat cheese maze? A, a, a classic thing that zigzags. It's, it's crazy. I can't say I've ever heard. I don't know. I, usually I'm pretty good at picking up clues, but I have no idea what you're talking about, Adam. But I that feel was like a swing I, and a miss. <laughs> I feel like I kind of do, but I don't. I don't know. Um, but that, like that being said, is obviously entering this season, the, the Mets look like the clear winner in that trade. Uh, Diaz ended up signing that $100 million extension while Kalanick was still trying to figure things out. If Kalanick does bounce back, this could end up being a trade that is a win-win for both sides. It's what every baseball executive likes to call a good baseball trade. Um I mean, obviously, you'd rather have like a superstar outfielder than a, than a star closer. Um, I think that's pretty safe to say, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, um, I'm hoping that Kalanick bounces back because he's got, like, and what he's shown in the first two weeks here is like a sign of things to come. Well, it's just, boy, there's somebody in my complex here who had their phone ring. I'm, I'm waiting for a call and I heard it and it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Oh man, that's that's a that's a good one for Joanne to clip later. Um, but anyways, um, I, boy, that's I'm all I'm all Adam, take it away. Hey, I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. I, I don't I don't think these rat cheese mazes have a name, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. Uh, but like an experiment, <laughs> when you make a rat fine cheese. Um, let's talk about the Philadelphia Phillies because uh, this is a team that started one in five, and we're all saying, all right, six games, one in five. Um, you know, it's probably just, so it's only slightly better than 0 and 6, but it's just about the worst start you can have, but they'll normalize. They're going home. They're playing the Reds. They're playing the Marlins. Suddenly they're four and eight. Um, and I think there is an obvious pain point here and something that we can diagnose, but, and I know you're, you're going to bring it up, but I don't want to lose the lineup either without Bryce Harper, who we knew we'd be without and without Reese Hoskins, which was a sudden shock to the system. They decided to go internal and use Derek Hall, who's already out and wasn't exactly a, a, an exciting option when he was installed. You and I were saying, where's Luke Voigt? And we're still saying that because he's in Milwaukee uh, looking like a, a bashing sausage boy we've talked about. But the lineup they ran out for Aaron Nola's latest start against the Marlins, Trey in the leadoff spot, Schwarber, Realmuto, Castellanos, Alec Bohm, Josh Harrison, Edmundo Sosa at third, Bryson Stott batting eighth, Christian Pache in center. Yesterday, they lose in extras. And that 6789 is Marsh, Bohm, Jake Cave, Cody Clements. I mean, this is not the Phillies team we expected. In the no. lineup and rotation, neither look like what we thought we were going to see. No, and I think the Bryce Harper injury has obviously played a pretty sizable factor um, in their slow start. And it sounds like he's going to end up returning a little bit sooner than they had at least hoped. Uh, or that, that they had initially hoped. And a big reason for that is he's going to play first base for them, um, or he's trying to play first base for them at least. That's a big development because first base was their clear 
number one hole on that roster is without Reese Hoskins, it was a revolving door at first. Derek Hall is out too. It's Cody Clemens and I mean, I don't know exactly what else you're going to be looking at there at first base. It's a, just a giant question mark. And then you insert Harper there when he eventually returns. That solves your biggest issue with a top five player in baseball. Um, and uh, there you go. That must mean the Tampa Bay Rays did win. Uh, good job. Yep, it has gone final. There you go. He's, he's making sure we're updated. What a guy. Uh, we, we love you, obviously, <laughs> Burr. Um, but a, a sneak. well, I shouldn't even say sneaky. Um, but like a big thing with the Phillies and their struggles is their rotation. Like that was viewed as a strength entering the season. Zach Wheeler um, and Aaron Nola were their clear number one and two pitchers. And right now, Zach Wheeler has a 4.02 ERA, while Aaron Nola has a 7.04 ERA. Taiwan Walker, who is supposed to be their big ticket acquisition in the offseason, signed into a, a pretty hefty contract. Um, Right now, he has a six ERA. The Phillies is best starter. If you would have told me this entering the season, um, I would have told you you were nuts. But the best starter so far has been Matt Strom. Um, he's been very good for them. Um, he's been everything they could have hoped for and then some because he was viewed as a guy who would end up being a reliever, and he's gone there just out of necessity, and he's thrived. And it makes you wonder if it could even stick in the rotation um, throughout the season that if he continues this. Um, but – it's uh, I'm not sounding the alarm bells quite yet, but it's it's a worrisome start for Philadelphia. I'm confident that um, that they're going to end up bouncing back, especially their starting pitchers. But man, they need Harper back. They need they need their stars to perform like stars, and they need that fast. Yeah, I, I can't believe Matt Strom has been like a quote machine and he's saying all the right things. He's saying, ah, oh, starter, reliever, you know, I'm just going to gas up the tank. And when I'm out, I'm out or whatever. Um, I would label him a fun, quirky fifth starter and swing man. He should not be a race. And that sort of tells the story of the Phillies right there. Um, my final team that, that I feel like was sort of a playoff lock We've already talked about the Brewers racing out to a hot start that we didn't expect because the freshmen have been so included early on. They didn't waste any time there. Um, and so there is a tangible reason why the Brewers look better than we thought they would and are, are looking like the class of the NL Central. But at the same time, the St. Louis Cardinals look truly stuck in the mud offensively, and it took until yesterday Nolan Gorman busted out with a homer. There's a lot of talk of him emerging as the key bat we all thought he might. They rally on Tuesday. They win again Wednesday. Those are wins they could not not have. Uh, without those, the record looks even dicier. But I think you and I were both big believers in the Cardinals, and that hype train has has not lived up to expectations at all. No, gosh, no. It's been um, it's been a, just a real struggle for them all season. And like, I don't know if I'd necessarily call their win the other night season saving, but it was it was. <laughs> It was rather, it was crucial, and they need to get the vibes going because we mentioned on the last podcast, and I'll say it again, they would not pass the vibe check right now. And <laughs> moving on from that Tyler O'Neill incident with Ali Marmol, their manager, and just putting it behind them and ultimately recovering from it is is crucial. And they have the talent on that team where they can end up having a really, um, they, they can bounce back quickly. And I mean, having Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt on offense, Tommy Edmond, who I think is one of the most underrated players in the game, 
Um, they got really good off fielders. We're going to get some Jordan Walker talking again at the, at the last part of this episode here. Um, he looks every bit the part of a future stud. They, uh, they're another team, I would call it like in a similar situation to the Mariners, but maybe not necessarily as precedent or as pressing, I should say. They can't fall too far behind the Brewers. Um, just, I mean, the, I don't think the Brewers ultimately win that division. I think eventually the freshmen have to come back down to earth. I don't know. It's not me saying I hate the freshmen or anything. I'm not trying to be pessimistic or anything, but um, I do think the Cardinals will eventually bounce back. But this next few weeks or months are going to be crucial for Ali Marmol because if he misses the postseason with his roster, uh, boy, the, the Cardinals fans are going to be calling for his job. I don't think the I don't think the front office front office would ultimately do that. But like that being said. Um, it's it's a pretty important time for Ali Marmol. Yeah, I'm here, and obviously Burner, I'm hearing the same thing. I think Bird hates freshmen as much as the seniors on the water polo team who are just trying to win states. Um, you have pesky <laughs> freshmen trying to argue for their playing time. Um, I love the freshmen too, but I mean, it's the reason we were so surprised is because it's not really a sustainable contention model to turn the keys over to three rookies week one of the season and just say, you know, you paid your dues in the minors for two days now you have to come up and carry a division title winner um Ali Marmol is certainly made he made his own seat hotter with the Tyler O'Neill business if he can't turn this team around with uh, I thought they had just had overflowing talent in the outfield plus MVP candidates and Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt so it's not just falling in love with the scrappy cardinal way and saying I believe in Brendan Donovan and Tommy Edmond and Lars Newtbar you've got super duper stars on this team too. The rotation, maybe it's a bunch of four starters, but I still believed in them to ultimately take this division. And I think if they don't, that's a pretty big upset. It is. And like the rotation, that to me was their biggest weakness entering the season is like you, Jordan Montgomery. I, I liked him coming into the season. Uh, Miles Michaelis, obviously they extended him and they, they felt pretty good about him. But that being said, it's like, can you how much can you count on Jack Flaherty and how much can you count on the rest of the starters? And it's just like it's a giant question mark. And for a team that um, had Nolan Arenado like avoid his opt out for a second straight season and commit for the long term in St. Louis, it's like uh, it's it, it was a it was an interesting one and it, it set themselves up for um, pursuing starting pitching at the trade deadline again it's like it, it wasn't for a lack of effort that they didn't end up signing any of those starting pitchers like they tried and they made a relatively competitive offer for jose quintana uh they wanted to keep him but ultimately he signed with the mets and i mean we see what where quintana's at now he's off for like the first half of the season so um yeah just a tough one all around but yeah it's uh i'm i'm prepared to be talking about the cardinals pursuing starting pitchers at the trade deadline in a couple months i think that's one we're I don't want to write it in ink, but um, I, I also do want to write it in ink. Yeah, let's let's write it in uh, invisible ink for now, and then we'll reveal that as the deadline comes up. They they were also connected to Rodon at a point this offseason. Was that legitimate? Like, was the search going that far and wide, or was it mostly Quintana and oops, we failed? I I'm trying to remember back to the text that I was getting, but from what I can remember, I don't think that talk was just ever like really real. Um, I feel like that was more like internet rumors than anything. Yeah. Well, we love the internet. Uh, we love all you guys, but yeah, your rumors are, uh, sometimes they're nuts. Obviously a burner, 
Um, you gotta help me. You gotta help me out on the Rays too. Um, you you lose your starter today. Jeffrey Springs goes down. I think everybody's like, oh, you know, maybe this will be the first loss. Uh, no, some guy named Bristow comes in, throws 42 pitches, 29 strikes, three innings, four Ks, no runs, gets a save. The winning pitcher, a guy named Kelly. Uh, if you could just let us know who these people are in the comments, that would be great because there's just an endless supply of these clowns. Uh, speaking of trades, winners and losers, I think it's time we sort of raise our caps in the air and say the Pablo Lopez Luis Arise trade might be the biggest win win of the offseason. Uh, in terms of who won it, I think it's literally everybody. Uh, Arise goes ahead and hits for the cycle this week to steal headlines for the Miami Marlins, the first one in Marlins history. And the same day, Lopez goes seven and two-thirds innings for the Twins, retires 23 straight batters. He is a large reason, as big a reason as anybody, that the Twins have started the year eight and four. He's 1-0 with a 1.35 ERA, 26 Ks, and a .65 whip in 20 innings. I'll raise my hand and say Pablo Lopez had another gear that I did not see, but... You got to think both teams are very happy with this deal right now. Oh, they absolutely should. And I'm using the line again. It's a great baseball trade. Is Luis Arise obviously like a terrific hitter when he was with the Twins? And he's more than continued that in the, in Miami. Like he hit for the cycle the other day um, and just looks every bit as good as they could have hoped. Um, while Pablo Lopez, he was somebody – that a lot of teams coveted and for good reason is like we had the Yankees who they were close to acquiring him at the trade deadline. What was it last year? Um, I want to say that was the case. Um, and ultimately didn't get that deal done. The twins were persistent in talks for Lopez is like any deal that would have parted with Luis Arise. It had to include Pablo Lopez. And there were other teams that were involved for Pablo Lopez because he was, good in Miami, but every team that coveted him felt like he had another gear and could ultimately be a frontline starter. And through a few starts in, in Minnesota, he's looked every bit the part. His start, what was it, yesterday? Phenomenal. Um, he was dominant. He was crisp. He was just flat out really good. And it's early. Obviously, as the Edwin Diaz and Jerry Kalanick trade underscored, narratives can change and they can change fast. But through the first couple of weeks of the season here, that looks like a very strong trade for both sides. Everybody involved is happy. Even the Yankees who didn't get the deal done, keep Glaber Torres, who is hitting 371 and is the team MVP through the first two weeks of the season, who was supposedly either requested or was the central piece of that fail Lopez trade. Uh, so it just keeps getting weirder and weirder. Um, but yeah, win, win, win. And uh, the, the Marlins are surprisingly frisky and the twins, this might be the best version of this modern twins team. Yeah, you're not wrong at all. And it's like, it's what they, they hope for coming into the season is like the, I, last year I thought, um, or coming into this year, they were going to be better than they were last year. I don't think that's any necessarily like a hot take at all, especially having Carlos Correa coming back. And then you have Pablo Lopez here and the rotation for the most part, they got pieces there. Um, and obviously moving on from Luis Arise was going to impact the offense. I mean, it's, it, how could it not? Cause he's just that good of a, that good of a player, but, um, yeah, I mean, early signs, very encouraging. And that, that division is going to be sneaky fun. That was one that we ended up debating rather heavily coming into this. Like that was the one we didn't agree on. It was either the twins or the guardians. 
Um, yeah. Or was there another team in there that you ended up? No, we, we had some people in the comment section sort of trying to get us to give the White Sox some credit and say that, like, they had the worst-case scenario year last year and would bounce back. I, I didn't like them then, and I don't like them now. But um, I leaned Twins, but the Yankees go play the Guardians this week. You're reminded at every turn how frustrating they are to play when you're actually playing them. You're like, oh, the bullpen never ends. Oh, the offense hits all these 70-mile-an-hour exit velocity bleeders, but one after another after another. Like, it's a talented baseball team. I think that'll be a knockdown dragout fight. No, I totally agree. And I'll, I, it's boy, I'll tell you that – that that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a fun one. I didn't realize they were playing each other going in going into this weekend here. That'll that'll be a good one. But I'll tell you, Twins starting eight and four, Guardians starting seven and six. I I'm already counting the Tigers and the Royals out at this point. I feel like that's pretty. It's poor teams. I mean, like it's also like you mentioned the White Sox too. It's really unfortunate what's happening with them is like they are extremely uber talented, and yet they can just not stay healthy. Like. Eloy Jimenez is out. Tim Anderson is hurt. They got numerous injuries throughout that roster, and it's just it's basically a carbon copy of last year. Um, just really unfortunate. And um, for a new manager in town, that's also a tough card to be dealt. It's just a weird one. I think everybody agreed a couple of years ago the White Sox had the most talent in the division and were clearly going to be the next team to open their championship window. And it has not happened yet. They have not come particularly close. Um, but I'm a Twins believer. They are among the two uh, very good to great MLB teams this year uh, who already welcomed a lot of top rookie talent. Top prospects arrived this week in Minnesota. Edward Julien was called up uh, to fill a spot, fill an IL spot. Um, he looks, uh, it hasn't done over two of the walk in his debut, but hit 300 with a 441 OBP at double A last year and does not have a rookie card, which is important. You got to buy 2023 tops because he's, he's coming wow. this year now. You, you can't stock up. You got to get your Edward Juliens this year. Um, and Taj Bradley started against the Red Sox yesterday. The Rays uh, put Zach Eflin on the IL. They're trying to throw a game and trying to give the Red Sox a bone. Nope, five innings, eight Ks, another win. Uh, Bradley, <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if he's more of a trade piece being showcased or a guy who's going to be in this rotation long term. But all of a sudden today looks a little more likely that maybe he holds down a rotation spot in Tampa for a while. It's it's unbelievable. They just constantly churn out pitching. And it's it's just I don't know how the hell they do it, but they just find a way and they're just extremely good at it. But um it's the the thought of being a trade chip is kind of intriguing. Um I had thought about that after you asked me that question. It was like my initial answer was probably not, just because you can never have enough pitching. And you look at the Zach Eflin injury and also Jeffrey Springs left early today too. don't necessarily know how long he's going to be out or if he's going to miss any time at all. Um, but I, uh, I don't think he's going to end up being a trade chip. I, you can never put anything past the Rays. They could be 13 and oh, well, I mean, they are 13 and oh, they could be 81 and oh, and they could somehow trade their best player and still finish the season 162 and oh, they're just, they got, I don't know what the heck they're doing over in Tampa, but it's, it's extremely impressive. Well, I know what they're doing. It's just great player development. It's great drafting. It's just great all around that organization. Um, and um, oh, there's, there's obviously a burner. Um, yeah. I'll tell you, obviously a burner is our go-to source for raise information. That is much respect. My guy. That's uh, seriously. Yeah. Like that's, that's genuinely very helpful. 
Um, yeah, I asked for help identifying two. I mean, again, the Rays print pitching. I'm like, who are these two completely anonymous gentlemen? And he's like, oh, here are their entire bios. Um, so I'll refer back to that every time I need your help. Uh, Springs, yeah. yeah, left left arm ulnar neuritis. It sounds like a made up injury, but they have a clear person who can step in and help them out. Yep, and that's ultimately what makes that organization so so like really tough to deal with is they're super talented like they're i mean they don't have the highest payroll by any means but they have a a roster that's talented and then they have player development and they have coaching and a front office that allows them to maximize that talent and they just have endless amounts throughout their system and we're going to end up seeing that come to play um with the rotation here especially if jeffrey springs missed a little bit of time um because bradley seems like a guy who can contribute at the major league level and also like do good things as we got to see today but it's crazy it's a lot of raised talk the last couple episodes and it's deserved because it's just been that's been the story of the season so far yeah I mean, we can't avoid it and and they said yesterday when bradley came up he was mlb's first taj I don't know. Are there any other names, common names? You think there has never been an MLB player with that name? I've been tracking Adam W's for a while. Shout out to Adam Warren. Uh, shout out to Adam Wainwright. We got two of those, but I, I don't. I can't think of another MLB name that we don't have. I'm surprised no Taj. Taj's not that yeah. uncommon. Because yeah, we had a Taj Gibson in the NBA with the Bulls years ago. Um, also, speaking of that, there was a fellow last night. Um, I think it was last night at least, Robert Murray um, threw out the first pitch at the Dodgers-Giants game. And he could not have made the Robert Murray name look any worse. Like, he brought it – you know those, like, that little toy you bring out to, like, toss a tennis ball to your dog? Yeah. He used that for the ball, like, for the first pitch. And the thing looked like it was more bound for the dugout than it was home play. Like, what in the hell was that? Like – I even had buddies of mine who like to rip on me quite a bit, say like you could even do better than that. And it's like, you know, it's bad when a guy does that. Cause like, Holy hell was that bad. Um, what was his deal? Like a local scientist or like a guy, did he build it? Like why, why do we have him? I don't know. I, I think he was a doctor of some sort, but I don't know what the <laughs> heck that was about. But um, yeah, that, that was just a very bad look for the Robert Murray name. So uh, I just want to say thank you to Robert Murray, which not me, but the different Robert Murray for 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 hurt my credibility yeah certainly not a doctor of musculature in right arms uh oh god no that was it was uh um what's the twitter phrase for a disaster class is what that was it was it was bad it was real bad and not to dunk on a robert murray i, I love my fellow robert murray's but geez louise yeah. buddy well not to i feel the same way when you're dunking on the cardinals rotation you're dunking on one of our very few remaining adam w's so Adam Wainwright, solidarity. Uh, just because you're not an ace anymore doesn't mean you don't have value. Um, and in terms of, uh, you know, baseball's first Taj, um, it's hard to imagine baseball had a Franchi before Franchi Cordero. You, you'd have to think he was baseball's first Franchi. I'm not 100% on that, but there's not many of them. French dressing, French fries. Uh, I think they're already running out of John Sterling home run calls for Franchi Cordero because – after the Red Sox gave up on him last year, after the Orioles let him go after the spring training he had, he's always been an exit velocity king, can't put it together in the regular season. So far, four home runs this season and leads the Yankees in RBI. It took him 86 games to get to four homers last year with Boston. 86 games. 
Uh, I don't think any of us had him on our bingo card leading the Yankees in RBI at any point in the season, but it's not like he's leading with one. He's leading with 10. He hit the game-tying home run again yesterday. Uh, this is getting a little weird. It's getting very weird, and I mean, this has got to be the biggest individual surprise of the season, right? I think so. I, I mean, I, I they picked him up before opening day. My immediate thought is I know he's kind of a he's a disaster class on defense. <laughs> supposedly the Red Sox had him play in first base last year. I think most Yankee fans know him because he let a pop up drop to let a run score with two outs in the Yankee Sox game at Fenway. So every Yankee fan's going, we know he's got the power, but it doesn't translate. You're really going to lose Esteban Florial for this guy. You're DFAing him. Florial clears waivers. He's back in AAA, and now Franchi has four homers in a week and a half and is sort of a must start. And and when Harrison Bader comes back and Josh Donaldson comes back, they're going to lose Willie Calhoun off the bench. That's sort of an easy one. But then they're going to have to say to themselves, are we going to lose a bullpen arm? Are we going to lose IKF? Are we going to DFA Aaron Hicks? Because I don't think you could just let Franchi Cordero go at this point. He was the face of the lineup graphic today. He was the number one guy on the lineup graphic. <laughs> if you could, if you would have told me that two weeks into the season you'd be the face of the of the graphic, I would have told you no no shot. But like it's deserved. What he's done to start the season here has been um, unbelievable. Hitting the home runs that he has, he's hitting, he's slashing two eighty three thirty three and eight hundred in New York. Like what in the heck? And it is the best under the radar signing of the early season so far. And he was signed for relative pennies. I think he's kind of, I mean, I don't want to say he's lived up to the contract already, but he's proving to be a big asset. And as you said, you, I don't think you can move on from a guy like that. He's just, he's provided too much. Um, and he would get claimed in a heartbeat considering the start of the season that he's had. Um, but that's a really good move by New York. And it also reminded me, obviously very different players here. We're talking at him, but it reminded me a lot of the Matt Carpenter deal last year is they signed him to a low risk deal, got him to the majors and he contributed. And he was a very useful player, similar kind of thing with Cordero. Um, if, if he could continue this, we're talking about just a really shrewd move here by, uh, by one Brian Cashman. Yeah, this is Cashman's specialty. And again, if he falls off later in the season, then you can let him go and explore the DFA market, but you have to ride the hot hand. You cannot risk losing Frenchy Cordero after what he's meant to this team so far. There will always be another injury. I think they could probably finagle a way to keep him on the roster. Before we go, I'm letting you take another victory lap because our boy Jordan Walker, more specifically your boy, tied Eddie Murphy, uh, the, the legendary star of stage and screen, with his 12-game hitting streak to start his career. Uh, Corbin Carroll and your 255 average and three bombs. You are freaking toast, sir. Jordan Walker uh, has started the year uh, supreme in the National League in the rookie picture. And, and for all the disappointments the Cardinals have brought us, Jordan Walker has not been one of them. No, he's not been one of them at all. He's been living up to the hype and then some. And it's like, because um, Corbin Carroll's been good. Like, don't get me wrong. He's been good. Um but can you imagine not choosing Jordan Walker to win the NL Rookie of the Year? It, it couldn't be me. Um, that is surely going to come bite me in the ass at some point later on in the season, and um, I'm going to look like an idiot, and Adam's going to be taking his victory lap. But to start the season so far, 
Uh, Walker has lived up to the hype and then some looks every bit the part of a future star in baseball. Um, and if you can, can, if you can keep this up, having for the next few seasons, Walker, Nolan Arenado, and Paul Goldschmidt as your like three premium hitters uh, doesn't suck. And then you add the rest of that lineup as well. Pretty damn good. Um, they just got to figure out what's going on with Tyler O'Neill, but that's a discussion for a different day. But Jordan Walker looks every bit the part of a future star, and that organization has to be absolutely tickled pink with, with, with what they've seen so far. Yeah, Mason Wynn coming soon. Newpark comes back from injury. It's a good roster. That's why we're trying to diagnose them. That's why we have higher expectations. Uh, yeah, you can take your victory lap this week. I, I probably messed that one up. I'll, I'll come back later in the season at some point. We'll see. Uh, but so far, yeah, Corbin Carroll, pretty good. Just not Jordan Walker. No, and, he's uh, definitely, he's, yeah, not been Jordan Walker, but you know what? That's okay. He's still been a very useful player for the Diamondbacks. Sorry, I was like, the I, Diamondbacks. No, no. And the Diamondbacks are, are blitzing their way towards the over. So go, Diamondbacks. Uh, hit your numbers. Uh, that is it for this edition of the Baseball Insiders. Uh, I'm so excited that we have the good Robert Murray on the show and not the mystery doctor who can't throw the ball to home plate. But that's why we built the show around having the good Robert Murray. That's why we love seeing all of you folks in the comment section, watching, interacting, subscribing. Hopefully, if you're not subscribed yet, there is no better time. Again, that's Mondays and Thursdays at 3.30 Eastern and on all podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You will find us there, internal, external. Um, we'll talk about Eddie Murphy in every show if we have to, to, to stick in the SEO rankings. But um, anywhere you want to find your podcast, we will be there. Robert Murray, pleasure as always. Uh, my voice cracked, I think, 13 different times throughout this episode. Sometimes I try to chime in and just agree with you, and I squeaked, and then I would go back. I don't know what was going on, but uh, you didn't let it phase you, and that's that's what I appreciate. No, I, I couldn't even tell. Um, you, you, you carry the show. Um, you're wonderful. You keep me on track, even though I'm waiting for, uh, I wait, I'm wait, I'm waiting on one. And uh, I thought I got the text a couple of times, but I think I might have to wait a little bit. Um, so stay patient, but, um, hopefully we have some news to report in a little bit. So fingers yeah. crossed. Everybody stay patient. Um, we will see you, uh, we'll see you all here to discuss that news. Hopefully, if and when it breaks, and hopefully Robert's got it. It's just waiting for that final uh, final okay. But again, that's turn your notifications back on. Subscribe. Uh, do all your do all your whatever you have to do to to keep track of of uh, Robert specifically. Now is a good time. Um, I'm not going to drop the news that I promise you. Uh, but you can turn on notifications for me too if you want to see me scream uh, about the the Rays and, and and Cisco and Bristow and. Uh, whatever anonymous uh 98 mile an hour throwing right handers just got three inning saves the blue jays coming to town schedule gets tougher toughen up rays you got a major challenge ahead of you no you don't you're gonna go 16 and 0 until next time i'm adam weinrib alongside robert murray we thank everybody for being here and take care everybody we'll see you on monday everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.